You're listening to the Black Eagles podcast with Sinan Schwarting and Kan Bayazit. very special episode on Tyler Boyd this week and uh, for that I interviewed three different people uh, Declan Edge is the first person I spoke to he coached Tyler Boyd between the ages of 10 and 17 uh, following by that I talked to Ricky Herbert former coach of the Wellington Phoenix where Tyler made his professional debut at the age of 17 Ricky had him make his debut there um, and he's also the former coach of New Zealand, and he was coaching New Zealand on the 2010 World Cup. And then finally, I also spoke to Philip Rollo of uh, Stuff, which is uh, a New Zealand media outlet which uh, largely covers uh, football and, and all kinds of sports. Uh, he'll go into it in further detail, but um, just wanted to introduce all three of my guests before we get into it. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the show and you learn a little bit about our new signing, Tyler Boyd. <laughs> Hello ladies and gentlemen, this is Cam Bazd and I'm back for you this week with a very special episode on our new transfer, Tyler Boyd. And here to talk to me about Tyler is his former coach, Declan Edge, who is currently uh, the technical director at Ole Football Academy and is currently in Sweden with Teuschlander. Declan, thank you for joining me. Uh, my pleasure. Uh, so Declan, we're going to talk about... Tyler's development as a young player you've worked with him uh, since a very young age I believe at the age of 10 you started working with him is that correct yeah I, I came in contact uh, with Tyler at that age at a very young age through my son who was they were both playing in the same team so it was uh, I, I, you know we were designed to meet very early on and uh, we, you know, I can remember. You know, I can. Yeah, from a very early age, um, he was in the same same group as my son and my nephew, and they were friends, and that's where the relationship started. And you, of course, played for New Zealand yourself, but you were born in Malaysia, if I'm correct. Is that? Yeah, yeah. My father was in the British Army, so I'm really a British British subject at the time. <laughs> and you played for 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 New Zealand, and I believe you played in in England as well. Isn't that is that right? Yeah, that's correct. So you know what it is to be a professional footballer. You're, uh, you've been a coach for a long time. You've coached young players. You you focus really on on, on developing young talents. So you, you surely you have a great eye for talent. What really jumped out to you when you first met Tyler uh, in terms of his personality, in terms of his his uh, his, his skill, his talent? Uh, what sparked your interest in him? Well, like, like well, firstly, just clear is yes I was in the professional game and I didn't like it and I didn't like what I saw from the football world from when I was playing and how how I was treated and how I thought everybody was treated um, and the reason that I develop and work with the young players is I wanted I didn't want to work with players that were tainted what I call tainted or all had really had uh, had been trained in, in the normal football world 
So for me to do something different, to change what I call the DNA of what I think young players should be like and how they should behave, it, it, took, it took, took me back to the young player. So I was basically saying if I want to do something different, if I want to put my, uh, if I want to walk the talk, as they say, I needed to go back to the young player and yeah. change how the young player was developed from a very early age. So then I could hopefully change what I did, didn't like and Mm-hmm. didn't see enjoy in the football world and so that you know that that brought me into that young area of young players and then starting to d- develop them and then obviously looking after them for a very long time because you know if you look after a, a player from 10 when I sort of met Tyler he's, he's 25 now that's already a fifth you know potentially a 15 year working relationship and mm-hmm. you know Tyler if he keeps himself healthy could play for another 10 years that's a that's a that's a long-term relationship and uh, am I right in saying that what you uh, are trying to do is instill uh, norms and values in these players? Because um, what we see a lot in modern football is that lots of these young guys, they get thrown into the shark tank and um, not just that, but they, they they don't really have a realistic view of the world. They, they get all this money thrown at them at a very young age. They, they, they drive Lamborghinis, Ferraris at 18, 19. Um, and they forget what it is that they're playing, that they're, they're having one of the most beautiful professions in the world. And it's what, something we see a lot in Turkey with young players in Turkey that despite having tons of talent, they waste it because the, the, they aren't guided properly through those so important adolescent years where their personality is formed partially and they yeah end up throwing it all away is that something that you yeah 100% i just that's not right that's wrong that's yeah. um, okay can you come work for bishiktas please then because <laughs> we need that and not just bishiktas yeah. but turkish football in general because yeah but it but 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 you understand is like i can't even hardly do this in new zealand people in new zealand can't even see it everybody's mm-hmm. caught in system this this is yeah. this is the way it is and so to change you're talking about paradigm shifts you're talking about doing it like taking you're basically trying to what you say in the football world it's bro like i believe football world is just an extension of the world and life mm-hmm. and you know like we we must all admit that the planet earth is not really looking after itself very well yeah capitalism all, yeah all, yeah what you I mean whatever you want to call it it's it's just basically looking after each other and treating each other properly so you know, to change that, you, you're, 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 I'm now having to talk with politicians and I'm having to talk to people who, uh, who have lots of money and mm-hmm. money is dominance and power, yeah. Yeah. where I believe that intelligence is, is, should be the power, uh, the, the spiritual side of the game. And so that's all we do. That's I, I stick ruthlessly to it. I won't change. I make lots of enemies because of, of that, but I also make lots of good friends and dear people that sort of you know, uh, align that as well. So, you know, like I started all this, you know, it would have been 10, 15 years ago saying, okay, I want to, you know, I, the skin in the game for me was my son. I wanted I wanted him to, to grow up. I wanted to educate him properly. And I just felt that football was a great way of educating him. And he had some friends that he was playing with. And we sort of, I sort of said to them, who wants to come for the ride? Who wants to ha- try to find out how good we can be in football? And Tyler Boyd and Ryan Thomas and a few others who are now professional were in that one team. Indeed, yeah. Tyler, uh, Ryan Thomas, you mentioned him. He's, of course, playing for PSV now. He just made that move from Pex Walla. Uh, coincidentally, I was watching PSV yesterday uh, against Basel in their Champions League qualifiers. So 
that's the same class they're both from 1994 tyler and uh, ryan they're both in europe right now are there any others from that generation that are currently uh making it in in, in the european leagues yeah I'm, i mean i have there's another player playing in uh Varnamo, um in sweden and i have you know obviously my son is still with me here in Deutschland at the moment he's been professional in south africa and been in holland as well mm -hmm. um and then, you know, there's a couple of those boys that have played for the New Zealand under 23s. Um, and there's Jesse, the nephew. He's playing in Slovakia at the moment. Oh, okay. Which team? You, he's just moved. Only this week. He's just signed for a new team this week. So, and my my uh, pronunciation of those teams is not the greatest. But, you know, like <laughs> the point I can try to make from here, this was just a bunch of Kiwi kids, basically. You know, Tyler, yes, had been born in the US, but for us, he was just a Kiwi. Mm-hmm. And from that one team, you know, you're talking about 12 players, basically. We've got five or six of them that have, t you know, turned professional, and two of them now have, you know, been bought from by European teams, which that's is... a great rate. I mean, that's a great yeah, success rate, no it, doubt. It, but, even, you know, but see, even from 2013, when we, you know, I moved to Wellington, you know, I'm looking after nearly 13 professionals now from 2013, and, you know, nearly 20, 20 of our academy players are representing either under 17s, under 20s, or full internationals for New Zealand. And obviously Tyler now playing for the US men's national team. So th this way of doing it, this is a different way, trust me. Uh, we think it's working. And you know what you, what you guys are seeing from Tyler Boyd and his personality and, and how he acts, you know, I'm gonna say he's pretty normal for us. Yeah, no, I mean, he, he comes across as a down-to-earth, normal kid you know and that's something that a lot of footballers don't have these days uh, and i think that's um also in his football style it, it's almost like less is more if you know what mm. i mean like he, he's very effective he's very skillful on the ball quick uh intelligent but he doesn't seem to care about all the um you know showing off and stuff like that like ricardo quaresma for example who, who in his own way, of course, loves the game, um, but he's a very different type of footballer. It doesn't necessarily mean that he's like less talented or anything like that. He just channels it in a different way. And from what I'm gathering here, that's really something you seem to have instilled him from a very young age. Yeah, like obviously in the academy, it makes it easier. But you know, it's just not the academy either. It's 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 there's there's lots of there's lots of pieces or there's lots of um, ingredients to make the, the nice apple pie. Mm -hmm. So, you know, obviously the parents are crucial uh, in that development as well. So the parents have to understand the philosophies of what we're trying to do at the academy and why we're trying to do things. And they have to buy in as well. So, you know, Tyler obviously was very lucky to have um, to have Rick and Sherry who were very focused as well and very determined to, to help him and, and achieve. And at the same time, making sure that he kept good value. So there's lots of lots of little pieces that need to come together to uh, to achieve what we think we want from our young players coming out of New Zealand, uh, where we can be proud of them and, and you know they can they can they can live in this world nicely. And is that something you you do too? Like do you do you work closely together with the parents? Uh... Yeah, of course. Okay. Um, in, in, some ways, in some ways, you know, and I can tell you some stories of Rick, in some ways it was telling them to, like, uh, butt out. Okay, yeah, I can understand. Um, they have to, you know, make their I mean, own. I think the first, I can remember the first time I met Tyler, it was uh, a little place uh, called um, Omakaroa uh, in New Zealand. And I arrived to watch a game and there was this big guy sort of, I think, he, he, I, I mean, as far as I was aware, he was like the assistant coach of the team. Mm-hmm. 
uh, you know, to a certain extent, shouting a little bit. And I think he, he knew who I was a little bit from my background playing for New Zealand. And he walked over and he sort of said to me, you know, I'm Rick Boyd. Um, this is my son, Tyler. And I was like, yes, nice. He, he, he moves well. And Rick, you know, Rick said, you have any advice for me for Tyler? And I said, yes, Rick, you should uh, keep your mouth more quiet more times and let your child play. He's only young. Yeah, and, yeah. we see that let, a lot too. Um, let him fall in, and let him fall in love with the fun and the joy of playing football. You know, and at the same time as well, I think Rick was very determined for Tyler as well. And I think Tyler, at a very early age, had decided that he wanted to play football. Was you know, obviously, all parents are asking then very quickly: is what position should he play? Where should he play? Mm -hmm. And again, it was the question back. The answer back to Rick was: watch your boy play in the game and see where he gravitates to nicely. Because I think when I first saw Tyler. He would have been playing at the back because he was always, you know, a little bit quicker than everybody else. Mm -hmm. I mean, he was playing as a centre back, so obviously that wasn't going to be a position that he was going to uh, do very well in in the long term. Yeah, uh, what did you did you see him um, develop into? Did he, when you first had him, how did he move? Did he like move to the left back, right back? Um, did he then move up to midfield, or did you have him playing on the wings rather quickly already? It was like they're 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 all the different. They're that's always interesting to find out to say you know what did you see? I, I mean I don't think you, you you see anything. There's something that you see in the young player that you go that's interesting. I like the way he moves, mm -hmm. you know. But the, and then you have to go and talk to the parents. You have to talk to the child. You, you you're starting to to get some ideas on the personality of the player. You know we're, we're not you you've used the word talent quite a bit. We don't use the word talent freely here we sort of say that you know most of it's based around some hard work and some desire and at the lot and obviously then you've got to have fun and there's got to be a lot of joy in it so you know with Tyler, you know what, what do we see with tyler we very quickly we saw a player that was could move well and he wanted to play football he loved playing he, he, he was he wanted to learn he wanted to listen and uh, those, those qualities came through fast real quickly mm. And when I when I speak about talent, the main thing I'm thinking of when I think of Tyler is his very neat and close control with the ball at his feet, uh, very quick turns, very capable of just um, yeah, turning away from a, from his opponent and, and then using his slow uh, his um, his short term acceleration to get past his man to get an opening yeah. in, in the field. So that's is that something you saw early on and you thought okay he he could uh, work well on the wings then. No, not really. I wouldn't have got into that detail. Uh, you know, Tyler left me, went to the Phoenix when he was 17, 18, and that's round about the age that will start, you know, really encouraging the players to, to play certain positions. Up to, up to then, you know, we're very focused on making sure that the player has... The bases, the fundamentals. Certain, yeah, certain qualities. I think we, we use the scenario of uh, wax on, wax off. It's one of the Karate Kid movies. You know, so, if the you know, we wanted our players to be always two-footed, so there was a lot of what we call hidden learning in the training. Mm -hmm. So that the players need to be two-footed. It doesn't mean that their left foot or their weaker foot is as good as the, the other foot, but they need to be able to move on both feet. Yeah. Um, but most importantly, they just, they just you know, the training that, they, that Tyler would have done at a very young age, most of it would have been based around small-sided games and, and understanding the game, collecting the, the collecting of the information in the game, making decisions, and then executing on those of those actions. Um, and then from a very early age as well, it was we were able to create lots of competition for them. So, you know, they Tyler from the age of ten 
and he's, he'll still be obviously doing it now in the, in the, in the, in the environments, he's, he goes to work every day and does nothing else but plays football. Mm-hmm. If you do that every day with a good mindset and, and with good support, you're going to get better. Um, you know, and, and obviously Tyler's reaping some nice rewards now of some, some work that he's been doing for a long period of time. And you would say, so you would say that he really lives for the game. Yeah, we talk about some players love football and some players are in love with football. With the yeah. idea of football, you mean? Yeah, I mean, yeah, some people, some players like the idea of looking good, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, versus getting better. Mm-hmm. And Tyler, you know, if you listen to Tyler a lot, he, a lot of his rhetoric coming out from him, he'll be saying, I want to get better. I want to improve. I want to get better. Um, and I think that's good as well. But then, you know, a lot of his actions also show that he's actually doing that. He, you know, he, I think he has a, you know, I think he has a desire to, to improve and get better and see how good he can get. That's talent. Yeah, he uh, he made some gutsy choices in his career too. I mean, moving to Portugal, taking up and leaving and going there to modest team as Vitória de Gameres, um, definitely a risk at, at a young age. Um, and it's it's it's, a, it's an interesting choice too. I mean, the Portuguese league is known for developing talents too, um, and it's it's one of those. It didn't necessarily work out perfectly, I think, early on for Tyler, but um, I can see why he made that decision. Um, do you think that? Do, did you did you speak to him about that? Did he does he still contact you and, and ask you what your advice for those types of things? No. And do you? I- What what do you tell your young players when um, it's time for them to like move on to that next step? What type of advice do you try to give them, or do you think that they are ready once they are once they're ready to go? They they have everything they need. They've all got everything in their little backpack to go and uh, make it wherever they go. No, I mean no, not normally as well. Like we just got a, we just had a young player fly out this morning from Deutschlander into Grasshoppers of Zurich, and there's another young player following in about a week's time. Mm-hmm. Um, When I started with Tyler and Ryan, to a certain extent, I was very, uh, that was very new, uh, and, and I was only starting to accumulate my ideas in, in okay, le- like, to be fair, making, this is what I, making world-class players on the pitch, on the grass, is easy. Okay. It's really not that difficult to take a young player and give him, if you can, if you train him the right way and he's learning, that's not difficult to make good players. To manage them over a long period of time and making sure that they're making good decisions, And being good people, that's more complicated. So, you know, I mean, when people say to me, what was Tyler like? The very, very, I always answer it like Tyler was always tough. Okay. He was tough when he was a kid, you know. He had to be tough, I guess. Yeah, I think, you know, I think his, you know, Rick, his father was tough as well. So he, he had that in him. That was something that was always in him. I think he was, you know, he, he wouldn't, he wouldn't take a spe- backward step to nobody. Um, and that's one of the things that I always liked about him. You know, when I, if I was talking under my breath to myself, to him, I was saying like, this kid's tough. You know, he's, you know, you can't intimidate him. He's not going to take a backward step to you. And that's a real, real good quality. That's that I think has really helped him make some gutsy moves that you talk about into Portugal and into Turkey. That's a, you know, that's, that's a tough yeah, move. For oh. sure. Definitely going to Ankara Gücü just for playing time. because that's what he did. You know, he wasn't mm. getting it. At Vitoria, so he said, "You know what? I'm gonna go and I'm gonna take my chances at Ankaragücü." And he took that chance, and he not he, he knocked it out of the park, or to put it in an American term, but um, he knocked the ball out I, of the park. 
he has great faith. He has great faith in himself. Mm-hmm. No doubt about that. And he has, I don't know, I think he's, you know, willing to find out and do whatever it takes to find out how good he can be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll see now what his ceiling is. He uh, made his debut the other day in a friendly and he immediately got two or three assists, I think. It has to be said that it was against a fourth division team, but still, you know, you can only... Uh, perform against the team that teams are put in front of you. But what we saw from him at Ankaregiju, I think, he, I wouldn't say single-handedly, but he had a really big part in saving them from relegation. When he came in there, they were dead in the water. Uh, him and a couple of other players like uh, Dever Orgil from Jamaica uh, really had a massive impact and, 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 and kept them in the league. Uh, and I, I think they're going to miss him for sure. Uh, and I'm very happy to have that, that Vish that have signed him because he was one of the players that uh, that has impressed me a lot, and um, not just me. Uh, I do another podcast football Turka, and all three of us, or all four of us, we we've been talking about Tyler for months now, uh, being very impressed with him, and it's uh, it's remarkable that he didn't get that many opportunities in Portugal, even because you know when he was loaned out to Tondela. He did really well there, and I've spoken to some people in Portugal too, and the fans of Vitoria and um, journalists, they're kind of puzzled by the fact that he didn't really get a lot of opportunities at Vitoria, but they told me that uh, the coach that came in there brought his own players, and that's where you were speaking about earlier. I, I think we spoke about it off-air, but politics in football, sometimes it doesn't really matter how good you are uh, if you're not... In the, I don't have a relationship with the right people. You you may never get the, the opportunities that uh, you work so hard for and, and, and essentially deserve. Yeah, I mean we, I mean, you don't want to get me started with politics and football and <laughs> and and you know basically the domination of money. I think I'd love to have that conversation with you, but it's something that we'd have to have off air, I think. But uh, I, I yeah I, I understand what you mean. It's uh, football's a, the most like I said the most beautiful game, but there's so much going wrong with football today, modern football, uh, stemming back from, I mean, I guess from when you played even in the 80s. Uh, it's been going on for a while, but it's becoming more and more an industry, uh, a commercial industry rather than, than a sport. And um, yeah, it's a little unfortunate, but can't really. We Unfortunately, uh, yeah, you're trying to do something about it. <laughs> so that's good. Yeah, look, but, look, uh, I, look, I, look, I think it's sad. I think we need to look after our young people. That's the, the major, you know, I think that it's it's, uh, it's human beings responsibility to, to look after their children. And I don't think we're doing that. And I don't, and I, and football is just highlights it. I know a little bit about football. I don't know a lot about anything else. Mm-hmm. And what I see in football is uh, the abuse of our young people. In Belgium, for example, the government, and in many countries, uh, the government does invest heavily in football because it has a very important uh, social um, role to play for for the development of young players, um, and it like it does instill certain norms and helps instilling certain norms and values. And obviously, the home environment is so important. The parents have such a huge role in it, and I think too often we see that parents. Uh, brush that off to the school brush that off to uh, youth youth uh, movements like the scouts or whatever mm. um, and it's it's important from all aspects parents need to play their part the schools need to play their part and of course you know whatever a, a youngster does it whether they're doing gymnastics or they're doing football or basketball doesn't matter the coaches play a big part in that 
And uh, I think what we see often with, with kids that go to these big academies from, from the big football clubs is that they kind of they don't get the right uh, guidance from, 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 the, from the people there, especially in Turkey. I think that's a really big problem. The, in Belgium here, we have a couple of really great football academies like in Genk. They do great yeah. work. Anderlecht do great work. Um, and, and they seem to coach their, their young players early on and, and then really have, like I think, men, mental coaches and stuff like that for them too, which is very important because when you get all this money, when you get a professional contract and you get, I don't know, let's say, 400,000 euros as your first professional contract, that's an insane amount of money. That's an obscene amount of money. I mean, a, no a normal person earns maybe um, a quarter of that if they're lucky in a year. And um, when you're 18 or something years old and getting all that money thrown at you, you have to know how you have to uh, go about that and have to realize that that isn't how most people live their daily lives. And that, that yeah, it's what we see too. I, I recently listened to an interview with um, the, the the head of the agency that works with Dries Mertens. It's a, it's about, his name eludes me right now, but he spoke about what was very important for them. It's very rare in agencies because as you know, you know, player agents usually they're not really out for what's best for their players. But what he spoke about is what they make very important is they think of what happens after the career. Because once these guys stop playing football, they stop having these big contracts, they have this certain life standard of I don't know making give well, spending X amount of money every month. But once that 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 faucet of money is closed at the end of their careers, they keep that certain life standard, but their money quickly goes and lots of players go bankrupt within five years or something like that. That's a real issue. And I think that's, that's usually the players that didn't have the right guidance from a young age and all that, but they spoke about that they make that very important and they try to uh, start portfolios for the players so they have something to fall back on later on. Uh, but I'm going a little bit off, off on a tangent here, but I... I your philosophy, I can completely agree with that. I mean, I think nobody could disagree with that in their right mind. Only the people that, you know, have huge financial gains uh, in it, unfortunately, because that's what, what football's kind of come about. Uh, lots of people preying on the talents of others to uh, get rich. Yeah. That's essentially people, what it is. We, we, football has been decided on who's got the biggest checkbook. Mm-hmm. That's not football. Football yeah. is a game that should be, you know, like that. The smart people around the world, the Cruyffs, the Nestors, to talk about intelligence. They don't talk about who's got the biggest money wins. That's it's wrong. That's wrong. Yeah, we've seen it this year with Ajax too. That you don't need necessarily the big. I mean, obviously they have a big a big budget, relatively speaking, but. If you compare it to Real Madrid, Barcelona, they don't have that type of budget. And we saw it this past year what you can do with instilling the right values in players, working with your own academy. Um, and of course, you know, they got a couple of really good players like Dusan Tadic. But essentially, the, the, the majority of their team is some players, they, they, you know, they reap the rewards of what they developed themselves. And that's something they've been doing for years and years. Uh, for decades, that's what uh, what Ajax what goes hand in hand with the name Ajax, of course. And there's a couple of other clubs like that around the world, but unfortunately, most clubs have become buyer clubs, and that's something. Unfortunately, Besiktas have become too. It's a club that in the 80s were doing a lot of development themselves, and the 90s still, but that's kind of faded away, and it's hopefully something they'll gradually move back to. But as you 
well know it's a process that takes a while and uh, it, it takes it, that's the problem yeah that's that and that's the thing in turkey the patience is very thin there there's lots of pressure to perform straight away um and yeah it, youth development requires a lot of investment uh, not so much of, t of money but time oh, and that's yeah, something, I've, come, yeah. I've come into Deutschlander now my team for my team to be successful in Deutschlander that's currently they're currently operating in the under 14 section so I have to go in and work at the under so if I want my team in Deutschlander with the Swedish players to be successful I have to go in I have to start affecting the 12s the 13s and the 14s mm -hmm. and so it's like it's a, it's a 10 year project basically yeah so in yeah so in four or five years time the players that are now coming into the first team that i now selecting for the first team i understand who they are and their values and how they work um like you know I, like i'm not telling anybody how to do things in football as well everybody can do whatever they like we just prefer it this way we prefer it where we can influence and and then you know what what happens is and you're seeing it with the players that you know that are coming onto the world stage now. Like remember, this is out of little, basically out of one little academy, mm -hmm. bottom the bottom arse of the world in New Zealand, where you're getting you're getting players coming out who are the same in in relation to how they deal with things and how they talk and how they work. So it's it's a very you know what what we try to do and the products you know Tyler Boyd and Ryan Thomas these are these have been grown. These are being grown um, with some purpose and quite deliberately. Yeah, it's. Uh, I find it a very fascinating story, and it's. Uh, it's very interesting to, to hear the background on a player like that. But like when you've been, if you've been paying attention to how he played at Ankara Gücü, for example, I think you can see these types of things uh, in his play style. Um, but let's let's speak a little bit more uh, because we've been going into politics a little bit here. Um, but what would you say are Tyler's major strengths? What do you did you watch him at Ankaragücü? By the way, did you? Yeah. And what did you think that uh, if you see see him now, what do you think he most improved on? What did he need the most improving on from when he was with you still? Well, again, I say if. if when a player is 12 or 13 or 14, they're giving you some indications on what they're going, what they're capable of doing high up the food chain. Mm -hmm. So what Tyler is doing in Turkey and what he was exactly what I saw him do here when he was 12, 13, 14. Mm -hmm. They just get better at that and they and they they pick up more advice from different people and they become they become more expert in the type of training they do. So he's just got better at doing what he was always doing. He was, you know, he was always quite capable of checking off both feet. Uh, he was always capable, like he, like, you know, he liked to buy the coloured boots. He's one of the few players in our organisation that annoyed me and kept on buying coloured boots. So he, <laughs> he, he liked, he like, he liked Ronaldo. He liked some of the tricks that Ronaldo was doing, and you know, we we would always say to them, you know, I would always say to them because in New Zealand there's not a lot of football to watch, you know, and I always say to them, you have to watch Champions League, you have to look at the top players, you have to copy them. Mm -hmm. So you know, you can see some similarities that Tyler would have seen from some of the players that he admired. But again, I'm going to keep on saying the same thing. The best thing about Tyler Boyd, and even to this day, is he's like he's tough, mm -hmm. uh, and he's tough in his body, and he's also tough in his mind, and he's you know he's very clear on what he wants. Um, he came back to Ole about 12, 18 months ago, I think, and mm -hmm. did a training with some of the young players, and it was just his uh, he he became more uh, sharper, more more cutting. Uh, his movements were 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 better, more slicker. Mm -hmm. 
and you know particularly the boys that he was working with you know would have been a bit younger than him but you could you know you could start seeing uh, i could start seeing the boy that i knew starting to turn into the man mm-hmm. and i have a, a question for myself really for you what do you think is important like in turkey for example uh, a 21 22 23 year old player is still called a young player but from what I've seen in Holland and Belgium, I think it's important for an 18, 19-year-old player to start getting minutes for the first team. Would you agree with that? No, I take. we don't agree with two things. I don't agree with the age of anything. Mm. It depends on the person, the, yeah. the individual, you would it, say. Like, what is age? It's just the number of times that the, the Earth has gone around the sun. <laughs> it's, it's irrelevant. Yeah, it's true. It's all about intelligence and it's all about what you want in your players and what you you know what are your philosophies are and and what type of players you want to produce there is you know like we don't so at Ole in particular at Ole I know they do we have to because we have to conform to football world and the players have to be put into age groups mm-hmm. but in training we I don't do age groups and so we just look at the size of the player and we try to place them in the in in the players that are similar size so so they all have a chance Okay, so you don't have a Lukaku playing at 16 at 193 against kids that are like two heads shorter than him, for example. No, it's, that, that's just bullshit. That's just wrong. <laughs> and it's, it's wrong for both players. It's wrong for the bigger play. If we have yeah. sometimes, you have bigger players, and so you have to tell them to stop using their strength. Mm-hmm. To teach them tech, more technical stuff because eventually the little boys are going to catch you up. Yeah. So, like football development is all about you you have to know what you want in 10 15 years time what do you want because you have to start chipping away at the stone to get what you want mm-hmm. so you can't take short term stuff so as a young coach you can't you can't have uh, your focus around winning where you have to or, or losing you have to you have to understand there's a if i want to create david out of the stone i have to chip away here it's a, it's, it's a process mm-hmm. So then you try and get the processes right. So you know how does the human being work? What what is the human being? Well, it comes and goes in certain places. Uh, it, 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 some players have accelerated growth. Some players are bigger than others just from from where they're from and their genes. Mm-hmm. So you have to you have to manage all that because everybody should be given a fair chance. Everybody should be, you know, just because you are bigger when you're younger, what what happens to the player? That's not that. So. You know, Ryan, you know, and we have history now of all the best players, the smartest players, the better players, we think, in our opinion, obviously, are, were, were the smaller players when they're younger because they have to play the game differently. They have to think more because they get beat up. Mm-hmm. We give, we allow them to develop and bloom in our environment. We, we don't worry about losing matches and playing them in the games. We'll also keep going talking to our people in, in New Zealand, and it's not so bad here in Sweden, to play players who are tiny still, and in younger age groups because it's not fair for them to play in their age groups sometimes because they're just so tiny they don't get a kick of the ball so now because obviously uh in tra- in the matches we have to abide by all the bullshit rules of of uh, football world mm-hmm. age groups but in training so if, if we have our young players training four or five times a week in training the training is designed just around learning and improving not about winning so that allows we what we say is that it allows different types of players to come out so what would you say for example to a young player that's uh i have a good friend of mine he's uh, 19 and he's currently in america and in america he, he lives in america it's very difficult there to get into an academy it costs a lot of money 
Um, and he's been playing in like a Division 3 team. He's just coming back from an ACL injury. But he, his dream is football. That's all. He lives for football. He doesn't care about anything else. Doesn't care about girls. Doesn't care about anything. Just football. That's all he thinks about. Right. What, what type of advice would you give to, to, to a guy like that? Like a 19, 20-year-old guy who didn't have the... Yeah, the privilege, I should say, to, to work with someone like you from a very young age and have someone groom them and help them develop their talents. Uh, should they go out and, and take a chance and maybe move away from the States? And, and how, what would you tell them? You have uh, find joy and fun in the game. Mm -hmm. And find somebody that believes in you and that's going to get and, and find somebody that gives you the fun and joy. Because, like, at the end of the day, what. Like what? I mean, I'm again. Foot, we're getting into the politics. Football world measures everything on who you play for and how much money that you earn. That's untruthful. Mm -hmm. Football is about having fun and joy. So uh, my advice to any player is, make sure that you're having fun and then you enjoy football and go and find somebody that you like the way they play, you like the, their philosophies, and don't worry about how many people are watching or what your salary is. You are more likely then to, if you're enjoying football and you're having fun, you're more likely to get better you're more likely to keep training and stay focused and keep playing the game and you know it's the same in everything if i keep doing something for a long period of time i'm going to get better at it and then somebody then might look at you and say oh we like him we'll can we can, can he come to our team and then you might be then move up the what you know the football food chain which is which is probably not the good story because if you start the food chain, you're probably going to be more corrupt. But you are, it's just football is just football. You, know, you, you, you just have to find places that you enjoy it and, and, and have fun at those, for that brief fleeting moment in your life that you can play it well. That's a very good advice. Um, before we, uh, we end the interview, Declan, um, do, you still, do you have any fun stories you could tell us about, about Tyler, anything that... Uh, will help the fans get to know him a little bit more than what you've already said. Maybe some anecdotes or something. Yeah, I mean, there's. I mean, there's, I mean, Tyler was with us for a long period of time. Uh, there's always little stories that you can. Very often, the stories come up from somebody else bringing up, and then you say something like, "Oh, can you remember that time?" Oh, mm -hmm. uh, where you know, like I can remember, like Tyler had a quite a nice car quite early on. Uh, when he was quite young, he's still around, and some of the boys didn't. And I think, you know, Tyler, was, again, was quite a good-looking guy, and he was always looking to sometimes play the big professional a little bit too soon, maybe. And, and, I, <laughs> and, and I know, you know, that's not the case at all. But he was, he was like, Tyler was destined to do quite well. And I think there was, you know, there was one incident, I think Tyler sort of said that he couldn't come to training because they had to come to training at the academy. And I think, you know, There was a time when Tyler didn't come to training and I can sort of somebody told me where he might be. And I can remember like walking onto the training pitch and ringing him and sort of saying, Tyler, where are you? Why aren't you at training? And, and I can remember him sort of trying to remember where he was supposed to be and me sort of saying to him, well, I know you're not there because somebody's told me that you're there. So you're not where you tell told me. And and like, you know, you know, very clearly coming and saying to him, like, if you can't continue to do this, you, uh, I have to kick you out of the academy. You can't be unprofessional. So little stories like that with Tyler. But he was, to be fair, he was pretty easy to manage and he was pretty focused. Um, you Probably to get some of the best stories from him, about him, would be to contact maybe some of his teammates. Mm -hmm. Because the players, 
they have uh, they'll sort of tell that you know like even Tyler and Ryan well they'll tell me stories now of the past and I didn't even know half of yeah. them yeah, it's like you, you're not telling it. You don't yeah. like to tell the parent when when the stuff is going on, but maybe like ten years later, you're like, oh, you know what? When I was that age, you know, I did this and that. Yeah, and so a, a lot of that, you know, because a lot of that would have been that the good stories were would be based around some of the some of his teammates. They'll have some great stories. Myself, I was, you know, we were. I was quite concentrating on making sure that they were doing the right things for them to give them an opportunity if the opportunity arises to be ready. Um, and so, yeah, without uh, ruining your podcast for you on too many good stories for everybody about Tyler. No, no, it's uh, it's been great. I've really enjoyed our conversation. So, uh, and you have given us plenty. Um, so, just finally, what do you think? What are your expectations for him? Do you, is he going to make it at Bishkek? Do you think he's going to be a star, or how should I put it? <laughs> yeah, like I, I think Tyler will be again. What you'll see without using the word star or make it, because I think that he's doing quite well anyway. Um, I think you, what you'll see from Tyler is somebody that's going to work hard. He's going to be driven. Um, he'll, you know, I've seen some clips coming out of him in training already that he's, you know, he's behind doing some more practice. Mm -hmm. I think you're going to be. I, I think you're going to see somebody that's going to want to do well for himself. Firstly, that's important, and that will transpire in through to the team. And I think that, um, you know, with, uh, with with sometimes with a, being lucky sometimes because you, you do need a bit of luck. I think he's going to do well in Turkey. I think. You know, I think he, I think he's suited to the game there as well. Mm -hmm. I think he's also very lucky to be working with uh, Abdullah Avcina, who's the new coach at Besiktas, and he's. Uh, I think he's got a similar philosophy as you do. He worked for a long time at Besiktas, and he he likes to work with the younger kids from. And, and he he's he's very much uh, not so much to, not only the coach of the of the of the first team, but he was also very involved in the youth teams there. Um, I don't know how big his involvement is going to be now in, in, in the Bishtesh Academy, but he's somebody that uh, very much believes in, in that type of stuff too. And Tyler Boyd reminds me a bit of one of the players that Avci um, had at Bashakshir, who is uh, Edin Vizca, and he had Vizca from a very young age when he was like 19 or 20. He got him uh, from Bosnia and we saw him develop into over the years develop into what now is probably one of the best players in the league and i see a lot of similarities with tyler and vishcha and i think that uh, their working relationship is going to be very uh fruitful at least that's what i hope um, yeah but declan i want to really thank you and you know what i i really hope that you're going to be able to have the possibility to maybe come and watch a game at vodafone park um it's uh, it's 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 of course the commercial aspect of football, but I think you would love the atmosphere in Turkey, and I really hope that you're going to be able to catch a game and maybe uh, meet up with Tyler in uh, in Istanbul. That would be cool. Okay, thank you very much, Declan Edge. Um, people can follow you on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, I'm on I'm on Twitter. That's at uh, Declan Edge, if I'm correct, right? Yeah, it should be. Okay, yeah, I'll it'll be sorry. I'll put it in the show notes too, so people go and check out the Ole Football Academy. You can find them on YouTube too. They have some great clips there uh, with Tyler, with uh, Ryan Thomas, um, and also with a female player that's currently playing for Juventus. Her name eludes me at the moment, but uh, Rude, I believe. Is that correct? Yeah, in the women's game, Katie Rude, she's not there anymore, and she's not really aligned with the Ole Academy. Okay, but she, she came and spoke to uh, to the players there too, and there's yeah. some... Yeah, oh, for some sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, like, we, there's, there's a lot of that stuff going on all the time. 
yeah so there's some fun stuff to check out there so check out the early football academy and check out Declan Declan thank you very much and uh, I hope we'll be in touch because uh, I li love to pick your brain about the game a little further no problems have fun And we're back with the second part of our in-depth look at our new transfer, Tyler Boyd. And joining me momentarily now is Ricky Herbert, the former coach of both Wellington Phoenix and the New Zealand national team. And uh, Mr. Herbert took part in both of New Zealand's World Cup uh, participations in 1982 in Spain as a player and in 2010, of course, in South, uh, South Africa as the coach. Ricky, thank you very much for joining us. No, absolute pleasure. Thank you for the uh, opportunity. Uh, and uh, Ricky, you were the first coach to give Tyler Boyd uh, an opportunity to play at the professional level to, level at the Wellington Phoenix, and you you let him debut at the tender age of seventeen. Um, but what first sparked your interest in, in in Tyler, and what caused you to seek him out and, and sign him up for for the Wellington Phoenix? Yeah, look, it's a really good point. I think uh, at that at that stage in New Zealand, there was a uh, there was a brand new franchise, uh, the Wellington Phoenix, uh, which was formed in uh, two thousand and seven. Uh, and part part of the plan, I guess, from my perspective, was encouraging New Zealand based players uh, to sense the opportunity of having a professional uh, football club uh, in their country that could have some length and tenure to it that could provide ongoing opportunities uh, over a number of years. Uh, we did look around the country for young, talented players. At that point, we didn't have a competition for them, but we did invite them in uh, to see who we thought uh, would have the potential to move forward uh, over longer periods of time and, and probably sustain the, the rigours and, and challenges of you know professional football at the highest level in our country uh, and in Australia. And Tyler was part of that process. And... Um, we signed three young players, um, and the three of them have all gone on to do very, very well. And obviously, currently with uh, Tyler's fantastic signing in Turkey, um, you know, it was a real pleasure to provide that opportunity for him. Uh, but more importantly, see him go on to, uh, you know, do the things and achieve the things that uh, he's very ambitious to do. And was there anything about Tyler that really um, that you said that that made him stand out, and that you thought, you know what, this this kid has something special? Uh, look, I think it was really important to um, ascertain the, the the sort of qualities of the players that we thought would be necessary to uh, plant that seed to to see them go on and give them that foundation to go on and and give them the best opportunity to succeed in the, in the real rigors of international football and. Um, you know, club football professionally, and uh, how hard it is to to obtain a you know a very very contra a good contract as as Tyler has achieved now. So, look, we we liked uh, what we saw. I think um, you know technically uh, he was a player that had worked very hard as a young kid coming through. Um, probably from an all round football perspective and understanding of the game, that was an area that we thought uh, would need was work in progress. Um, but we felt that the potential was there given that he got into the right environments and, and we were lucky to have him for the, for the period we did, um, that we truly believed that he, he could go on and you know, provide you know, a living and provide a successful pathway in his chosen sport. And of course you saw him day in, day out in training. 
Um, what what what's what type of a player was he in training? Was he a very hardworking type? For example, today Besiktas had their, their started their training camp in Austria, and uh, Tyler was one of two players uh, together with uh, the nearly 36-year-old Ricardo Quaresma. Uh, him and and Tyler both stayed 30 minutes after training just you know to put him some extra work to get ready for the season. Is that something that you would say is characteristic to Tyler Boyd? Yeah, look, I think it's it's it probably. Uh... In, in most cases, I won't say all cases, but in most cases, I think a very good trade of New Zealand-based players. I think they understand the resilience, they understand the challenges, um, and they understand the workloads that are necessary to uh, be applied um, to give that platform and best opportunity to succeed at a high level. And I think t uh, Tyler's certainly taken those traits, um, and it's a real credit that um, he'll sense that this is a wonderful opportunity um, and there'll be nothing, there'll be no stone left unturned, I would imagine, uh, from his perspective and in his work rate, his training ethics um, and, and just his general all-round commitment to be given this wonderful opportunity and in, in a way show the recognition that, um, you know, from a very humble perspective that he will be just over the moon to have uh, captured this this chance and he'll be showing people that um, he's uh, right at the top level and he's very, very committed to doing everything possible to perform the best he can for his current club. Yeah, that's, that's, I think that's really uh, what we saw from him at Ankara Gigi was a very hard-working player and you can see that that was instilled in him from a very young age, I think. Um, but moving on to, to the next question, uh, how would you describe Tyler as a person? Like, what was he like in a group during training or maybe just before or after? Uh, would you describe him more as an intro or an extrovert type of person? Uh, look, I think he'll be very uh, collective. You know, I think he'll embrace uh, team culture. I think he'll embrace team environment. And I guess, again, that's, that's linking back to, um, you know, his parentage. Um, excellent parents and I think um, he'll understand that team environment where um, his input um, he'll need to be collective and I think um, you, you'll you'll see that in abundance with him where there'll be you know and I think it's only fair to say that uh, you know such a great opportunity I mean these don't come along very often and I think he'll be very focused on making sure that he can maximize um, the time that he does have with this football club and, and perform to the level that uh, the club know that he can, hence the signing uh, that they've made. So I think there'll be a degree of uh, individual focus, um, but I think that focus will clearly flow out to the broader group of players. Uh, there'll be a huge connection with him and, and what he does. And I think, as you've mentioned, I think previously his work rate, his commitment, his application, all those sorts of things will be an absolute given. And on top of that, hopefully, that technical side and his ability to, you know, cut inside, deliver good crosses, score off both feet, um, those things can excite, uh, the, you know, the local fans and, and certainly the, the broader spectrum of people uh, within the uh, um, Turkey community. And did you get the feeling with Tyler that football was really um, his main goal in life? Like sometimes I'm sure you've, you've had plenty of young players in your career uh, that had had all the talents that really could have made it really far, but they just didn't live for the sport, really. They had other, uh, you know, priorities, maybe girls, fast cars, I don't know. 
uh, maybe boys. <laughs> but did you have the impression with Tyler that 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 was really his top priority to make it big in football? Yeah, look, I, I, I truly do. And I think, um, you know, given the opportunity we gave him at the Wellington Phoenix, I think really laid that platform of him experiencing professional football at such a young age. And, um, you know, we had some very, very good um, experienced players at that football club who, who could support with um, with uh, their good knowledge coming, sorry about that, uh, their good knowledge coming back into, you know, professional football, what those demands were, you know, the years and years of um, challenges that they'd gone through. So I think the ingredients were really set for Tyler at a young age that he knew that uh, it was going to be tough, it was going to be challenging, and that he needed to be focused on his chosen sport in football and that, um, you know, that was going to be a long-term career for him. So, um, yes, it was the sport he chose and uh, he's been absolutely dedicated to it and he's and he's crafted his own pathway. I mean, as we know, he's moved on from New Zealand, he's playing for the uh, the broader American side so, look, absolutely, I think, you know, prior to him coming to the Wellington Phoenix as a, as a young up-and-coming football player, his dreams and passions were certainly always heading towards wanting to be an internationally recognised football player playing at the highest level at a top professional club, and he's managed to achieve that. Yeah, and you already touched on it earlier as well, that he has a, a great pair of parents. And you know what, that's what I've heard uh, earlier today as well when I spoke to, to, to Declan Edge. He said the exact same thing. Uh, so they probably played a very important role in, in, in that as well. And they uh, clearly supported their son uh, really well in, in his passion, in his choice. Uh, I mean, he, at a very young age, of course, went and moved to Portugal to Vitoria de Gemeres. That's not an easy decision to make, to move halfway across the world, away from your parents, away from your family and loved ones. Um, is that something that surprised you that he decided to join Vitoria de Gemeres? And what, if any, expectations did you have of... Uh, did you think he would succeed there? And looking back at it, are you surprised that he got so few opportunities at the club that, as he did? Yeah, look, I'm not. I'm not surprised that he uh, was eager to take on that challenge because I think that is that is part of Tyler Boyd. I think he was very focused, and I think he felt that if he embedded himself into that European type challenge, um, having to be uh, you know living on his own, as you say, away from his parents. Um, who are who are very very supportive of him, um, and just actually standing up as a young man that wanted to you know make a mark in the world of football. And I think, you know, whilst the opportunities weren't as fluent and uh, didn't come his way as much in Portugal, I think that would have been a good time for Tyler to, you know, really focus, really understand how tough it is. And I I, I guess the the shining light for him is he's managed to come through what you could de deem as a, a little bit of a, uh, or, or even a bigger um, difficult time in his football career as far as playing was concerned. But I think it's laid that platform, it's given him that resilience, and it's installed and, and still ignited that hunger that he's always had to be a top football player. And I think, again, credit to him, he's gone through that, he's ridden that wave of difficulty, and he's come through at the end of the day and these opportunities have opened up for him. And, um, you know, I would say that that formation, that base that he's gone through before has certainly provided these chances for him. Yeah, I think it might be safe to say that it might have even made him a better player for it. And uh, he has shown some mental resilience. He had a very good 
uh, loan spell at Tondula in, in Portugal, uh, a relegation side. And then he came in, of course, um, in January, this past January, for Ankara Guju, who were at the bottom of the table and were really struggling. And you know what? They really looked dead in the water. Uh, they were, had a lot of issues with paying their players. Uh, lots of players left. They brought in a bunch of new players, including Tyler and Dever Orgil from Jamaica. Uh, but Tyler was really uh, the catalyst, um, the, 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 the driving force of their uh, ultimately them staying up and staying in the league. He was uh, very important for them, had six goals, four assists in 14 appearances. And he was absolutely instrumental. Is that something you took uh, notice to that that he was having basically a breakout six months at Ankaragüju? Yeah, and I think that's again that's credit to Tyler. I think you know it would be easy to take a, a secondary approach, and um, you know when you're at a football club and they're struggling, then you know that can be a collective approach, and it can be difficult. And I think when you're new coming into it, and I think what Tyler's done in abundance. He's absolutely showing that real desire and passion and resilience to go in and make a difference. And I think that absolutely hasn't gone unrecognized with, with sides that are, you know, playing at high levels and and, and, and bigger, more challenging competitions. And, um, you know, it's just that character, I think. I mean, he would have been on the scouting radar. People would have been watching that turnaround uh, with the clubs and, and noticing that uh, Tyler was instrumental in doing that. And I think... You know, that, that focus, that real application um, that you don't always see from players, certainly young players coming through that are looking for higher opportunities. And I think he's taken the chance to go somewhere, embed himself through difficult times with a team really struggling through those relegation periods. But he's, he's become the shining light. And I think at the end of that, that's really uh, given him the chance and provided him now just a wonderful opportunity at a, at a wonderful club and of course fighting relegation is extremely difficult um, it's a very different type of pressure than playing for the title both are very difficult situations it takes very uh, strong mental uh, prowess to overcome both a, a relegation battle and a, a race for the title but um, maybe the attributes required for playing for a championship are a little bit different than when you're in, at a relegation side. Do you think that Tyler has all the attributes that it takes to play for a team that is expected to win week in, week out, like Besiktas? Yeah, look, I think it's a really good point uh, that you make. And I think, um, you know, a relegation-based team, um, you know, obviously the, the the level or the depth of quality in those clubs is certainly not going to be the same as, as the club he's currently with now. And... Um, Again, he needed to go there and actually be the catalyst to, to turn things around, score goals, be the shining light, and put some hope back into that football club. Currently now, he's going to be with a, a huge depth and, and, and quality of players right across the squad. And now it's going to be you know, lifting the bar again. And I think the interesting thing for me now will be, can he work through a, a really, really good preseason? Can he put himself in the forefront of the of the coaching staff, you know, can he align himself to a position and can he make it his own? And, um, you know, I think he's, he's probably got a checklist of priorities that he'll, that he'll work through and, uh, you know, embed into the culture, fully understand uh, what this football club is about. It's about winning competitions. It's about winning, you know, winning football games week in, week out. And um, the part that Tyler gets to play, whether it's, uh, 
you know, a full time in a game, whether it's part time, whether it's a, a small part of the game, that he is going to be absolutely needing to be focused, totally, totally committed. And I think you'll absolutely see that in Tyler Boyd. I think he'll be very, very desperate to be a starting 11 player. Um, and I think he'll be working extremely hard. And I'm pleased to hear that um, even through a preseason program that he's staying behind doing some extra work because I think that's a very positive sign for the club and the player. Yeah, the vibes coming out of the training camp, uh, even before they head to, to Austria and they were still in, in Istanbul, are really very positive. And uh, there was lots of positive uh, news coming out of there. And also, I mean, in his debut, he played 45 minutes uh, the other day against uh, Kojilispor, a fourth division team. Uh, but he got three assists straight away in just 45 minutes. So, I mean... He got off on a flying start, so let's hope he continues that. Um, but Ricky, thank you very much for joining us and giving us your time and uh, telling us a little bit more about your experiences with our brand new Black Eagle, Tyler Boyd. And I wish you all the best for uh, this coming season. Thank you very much and uh, really appreciate the opportunity. And uh, please pass on my uh, sincere best wishes to Tyler and certainly to the club for a fantastic, successful season. Thank you very much. And we're back with our final part of our in-depth look at Tyler Boyd. And joining me now live from New Zealand is Philip Rollo from Stuff. How's it going? <laughs> Tell us a little <laughs> bit more, Philip. What is Stuff? Uh, well, Stuff is um, it's basically like a online um, you know media company across New Zealand. So. Um, yeah, we, we cover the, the whole of the country, and so I guess part of my job is to, to cover football for for the website. I mainly kind of look after the Wellington Phoenix, which is um, the, the A-League club, which is the one professional club here in, in New Zealand. So that was uh, the first professional club that, that Tyler Boyd started at. Yeah, and I, I need to give you a very big thank you, Philip, because, of course, you put me in touch with both Declan Edge and uh, Ricky Herbert, who are in our previous two uh, segments. So, very big thank you to you for making this episode happen uh, for the Black Eagles podcast. Uh, no worries. I I think, you know, Declan in particular has had a really um, influential um you know role in, in Tyler's career and mm -hmm. then um yeah Ricky was the coach who who signed him for for Wellington Phoenix and and gave him that first opportunity as a professional so yeah that that two two good people to to speak with yeah, it was a pleasure speaking to both of them. And like we spoke of off-air, off they couldn't be more different, but both of them are, are very interesting and uh, nice people. And uh, I think in particular, from, from what I can gather and from what you have told me too, um, Declan in particular played an, an instrumental role in instilling some of the base fundamental... Um, uh, how should I put it? Um, yeah, just, just the way that, that Tyler Boyd carries himself, his hard work ethic, and uh, like Ricky also told me, is that that's something that really uh, lots of New Zealand-based players share that uh, that attribute, and uh, we've definitely seen that already in his short stint at Ankaragaju, and uh, he's only been at Bistech for a couple of days now, but he's already putting in the work uh, today in training, at all, uh, during the first training session in Austria, already stayed 30 minutes longer after training, together with Ricardo Quaresma, to... Uh, you know further work on their condition um but let's I, 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 what i really want to talk to you about philip is um tyler boyd how is he perceived in new zealand uh, of course he recently made um what 
especially in Turkey, would be considered a very controversial switch. Uh, he changed his national allegiances from New Zealand, who he had only played a couple of friendly matches for, I believe, in 2014. And he switched to the U.S. men's national team. Um, after having a very good breakout six months at Angregeju, he promptly was selected for the Gold Cup, went to the Gold Cup, uh, scored twice on his debut, and I think he played three more games after that, but he didn't, no, two more games after that, I think, and he didn't play in the um, knockout stages. Um, in the US, they were, uh, the fans were very puzzled by that, but there were also some rumors that he picked up a minor hamstring injury, so maybe the coach was sparing him because he, he knew that he was standing in front of a big transfer, of course. Uh, don't know what happened there, but US fans are very impressed with him in what they saw from him. But how was that received in New Zealand? Were people really disappointed or was it a decision that most people understood? I think um, it has been a long time coming. Um, so people were definitely disappointed, um, but also not surprised. So Tyler Boyd, although he was born in New Zealand and has spent essentially well, had spent yeah, essentially his entire youth development career in New Zealand. Um, he remained eligible to play for the United States because his mother is American, um, and he did spend a lot of his childhood over there. Um, when he kind of came through the the system here, like he wasn't necessarily a top prospect. He was a player, you know, when he started out at Wellington Phoenix, it was really kind of a bench player that you know looked like he could have a good A League career ahead of him. Um, he ended up kind of falling out of favour um, with the coach at the time and um, and ended up then picking up a, a move to Portugal. And it was kind of from there that his career really took off. And, um, yeah, as soon as he went on loan, um, you know, to Turkey, that really kind of put him, I suppose, on the on the radar of, of the United States. Um, and it was on the back of that that they decided to call him up for the, the Gold Cup. So... Although Tyler has played for New Zealand six times, on each of those occasions it was a friendly match. And I think it was from about 2015 onwards he started um, declining call-ups to the New Zealand national team. Um, and so it was when that started happening that people started thinking, is he leaning towards the United States? And that is something he has come out now and, and said that that was the case. So um, Although, yeah, people are really gutted because he is a really good player now. He's, you know, ha having a really good career in Europe. Um, and the latest move is, um, you know, evidence of that. You know, if he had signed, if it was a New Zealand national team player that was making that move, um, it would be huge news. But the fact that it's Tyler Boyd and he's now playing for America, I think people are almost thinking, well, why should I have to worry about him now? Why should I care about him? He's he's not one of us. He's one of them. But um, I guess from my point of view as a journalist, it's quite interesting to, to still see where his career goes from here. Um, the fact that he's been able to you know, have a, a really strong impact for the United States already kind of shows the player he is because I think that was the biggest question is, if really, if he was going to play for America, would he actually play that many games? Is he going to be giving up potentially 50 games for New Zealand to, to play, one, you know, maybe five games for the United States? But at the moment, um, yeah, he's really made that move um, or seems to be probably the, the right choice for, for his career. Yeah, because uh, I did pick up that uh, the U.S. are kind of in... Um 
how should I put it there? Like they have some necessity on the wings, um, especially from what I've seen from from their fans, is that they don't really have a, a, a very big selection of quality on, on, in those positions. And of course, you know Tyler's uh, 24, going on 25. He's still young. Uh, the U.S. is in a transitional period of a generational shift. Um, so it's very possible that if he his career takes off, if he becomes a starter at Besiktas, if he plays regular uh, European football, whether it's Europa League or Champions League, contends for the title in Turkey, um, that, then, I mean, it's almost... I, I could not imagine that he wouldn't be a starter for the US unless uh, there's a, a new Christian Pulisic that stands up uh, in, in his position, you know, that type of level of a talent. Um, but uh, does it surprise you that he? So I mean, it doesn't really surprise you that he made that choice. But I did speak to to Declan earlier, and he mentioned that there's lots of young upcoming talent for, in New Zealand uh, from his academy. Uh, for example, we we spoke about Ryan Thomas now, who's who's at PSV, of course. Uh, and there's also a young player I think that just that just moved to Bayern Munich. I think Declan mentioned. So there is st- there are young players coming up for New Zealand. So it's not like I mean, maybe a year or two ago, that decision might have made sense because, let's be honest, I mean, New Zealand has taken part in two World Cups. Um, there's not that much opportunity for for a player, if you have the choice, to pick either the U.S. or New Zealand. You know, the U.S. takes part in almost every single World Cup. It's an, under, it's, it's an understandable decision, but maybe... New Zealand are on on the cusp of a golden generation, so maybe he's passing up on an opportunity of being um, a key player, a leader in in, in a team like that. Uh, How do you perceive that? Yeah, so the big issue for New Zealand is the lack of games that they have played. Um, So we just had an issue where um, the the national team coach um, just resigned, um, and he played, I think it was four games he took in charge of the team, during two years and um, none of those four games had the best players there because they came at the wrong time of the year, you know, when guys like Chris Wood um, and when, um, you know, Winston Reader and, and the, the Premier League, although Reed has been, been injured himself. So um, I think they've gone now over a year without playing a single game. They've got two games lined up um, for November against Ireland and against uh, Lithuania, I believe. And, um, yeah, it's just been far too long. And I think there's almost a sense that um, from some people that they could see why Tyler Boyd would go with America simply because he gets to play games. Uh, where if he had stayed with New Zealand, you know, he wouldn't be playing right now. They just have no games lined up. When they missed out on qualifying for the World Cup, um, you know, a lot of money kind of is lost there. And so it's now a situation where it's hard for them to... To, to pay for teams fly out um, New Zealand's very far away so mm-hmm. um, organising games is really hard and I think too with um, things like the Nations League and stuff coming in, coming in too it's increasingly harder to to find available fixtures with the right team um, around the world um, so yes it is definitely an interesting one because Tyler Boyd there's no doubt about it would be a really key player in the starting 11 right now for New Zealand and probably would be for the next eight to ten years um there are young players coming through that that uh you know have shown a lot of promise like um so the player that um Declan mentioned um is, is not actually one of his players he's um a kid called Sarpreet Singh who um has been a bit of a kind of rising star at uh, the Wellington Phoenix which is the club where Tyler Boyd started his professional career and 
kind of out of the blue, he got a move to Bayern Munich. Um, just a, I think it was just last month. Um, he signed. It's with Bayern Munich's reserve team, but he got selected to go on the US tour um, to play in the in- International Champions Cup, and he, he played in all three games against Real Madrid, Arsenal, and and AC Milan. So there's definitely good young players coming through, but. Um, yeah, I think Tyler still, you know, is still a level above a lot of them at the moment and, you know, would probably be within, you know, definitely the top four or five players in New Zealand right now if he was still playing for New Zealand. And how big of a news story was it that Tyler made the switch to, to Besiktas and do people have a lot of uh, difficulties pronouncing the name of the club? Yeah, I probably <laughs> do myself, to be honest. Well, um, give it a so try. Yeah, well, um, yeah, I'll have to. I'll try um, seamlessly drop it in here soon. Um, <laughs> so with yeah, so with Sapri Singh moving to Bayern Munich was essentially at the same time mm-hmm. that um, that Tyler Boyd made the move. And so um, Sapri Singh to Bayern Munich was huge news. You've got a, a 20-year-old New Zealander signing with one of the biggest clubs in the yeah, world. Of um, and al- although he yeah, again like the technicality is he's signing with the reserve team, which plays in the German third division. Um, he has already, you know, been making his debut for the first team. He, um, you know, there was a great shot of, um, you know, when Robert Lewandowski scored um, against Arsenal, and Sapri Singh is the first player there to, to celebrate with him. And then in the game against Real Madrid, he actually scored a goal, but it was offside. Oh, um, and 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 so yeah, Tyler Boyd's move to Besiktas has kind of been lost in that, I think. And that was good. and as and as I said, oh, it's good. Um, as I said before, when. Um, so I picked up the story because um, usually when um, a New Zealand player makes a big kind of move overseas, we, we we write about it. And so we we had a story saying that he was likely to go there, and then when it was finally confirmed um, that he was going there as well. And I think I described it on Twitter at the time as being, you know, this is actually a bigger move than Sapri Singh's to Bayern Munich because he hadn't played for the first team at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Uh, a lot of the fans replied saying, "You know, why are you writing this? Why should I care? He doesn't play for New Zealand anymore." <laughs> um, and when I tried to say, "Well, you know, he still is a New Zealander. He's, you know, he, he grew up here, and his family still lives here, and um, you know, all his coaches are here, and um, there is still a connection to New Zealand, even if he's playing with the United States national team." A lot of people have just kind of washed their hands of Tyler Board and said, "Well, that's kind of it." But um, again, I like I find it quite interesting to see. It's like. Well, how how can he? How far can he go with the United States? How far can he go in Europe? Um, you know, it would be amazing if he was playing, um, you know, in even just the Europa League or, or you know the Champions League in the future. Um, you know, this is a huge move, and I would say it would be within. Uh, it would be one of the top five biggest moves a New Zealand footballer has made. But because he's playing for the United States and not New Zealand's national team now. Um, a lot of the other media have completely ignored it as well. I guess it's understandable, um, but I, I do completely see where you're coming from too. I mean, essentially, Tyler seems to be a New Zealander. Uh, he seems to have the, the norms and values of, of a New Zealander. I think he's very un-American. I think even, uh, I, I don't remember, some journalists, yeah, some journalists uh, during the Gold Cup, even American journalists said that, that he was very... Um, but not, not in a negative way, by the way. It was a very positive remark from them. But that he was very uh, much uh, different than most American players. You know, that he showed a lot of guts. That he had was a very hard worker, and and he just, you know, um, yeah, sh- showed a very different mentality. So 
Uh, I definitely agree with you that I think that uh, the New Zealand fans maybe should take a second look because he's still very much a Kiwi, I think, even though he's playing for uh, the U.S. men's national team. Um, but uh, let, let's let's talk briefly about you, you uh, Philip, and uh, how have you been able to follow? Is it difficult for you to follow uh, players like Tyler, uh, like... Uh, What's his name? Orion uh, at uh, at PSV. Um, is it tough for you in New Zealand? You have a huge time difference. It's like a ten hour time difference. Uh, do you regularly manage to catch games? Did you actually manage to watch any of his matches at Angrejo? I imagine that was uh, very uh, poorly timed for you. Although I guess that's like in the morning or something. What is it like ten? Yeah. Hours? So yes. So it is. It is very hard. So. One of the other issues with Tyler Boyd, of course, is the fact that um, he's been thinking about this move to America for a long time, mm-hmm. um, or the switch to, to America. So because of that, he hasn't really wanted to, to talk to New Zealand journalists because, of course, that's the first thing that they're going to bring up. Mm-hmm. Um, so a, co- a colleague of mine um, last year interviewed Tyler. Um, so he came back. Um, so here in Wellington um, is the academy that, that Declan was coaching uh, yeah, at the Olay yeah. Academy. Um, and so, yeah, so Tyler Boyd came back for a visit. Um, and when they did the interview, before the interview began, um, Tyler said, I just want to let you guys know, I'm not going to be answering any questions about the national team. Um, and so, <laughs> you know, that was completely off the table. And, and any time that we've tried to, you know, go through his clubs to talk to Tyler, um, he's declined. Um, so... It has been hard to follow him because of that. Um, whereas um, Sapreet Singh, the player who's gone to Bayern Munich, um, you know, when the move happened, um, they made sure he was put up for, for media to kind of talk about it to, mm-hmm. to journalists back here in New Zealand, and and we're able to talk to um, you know the coaches that he's had about it, and and um, you know, and about this, this rise that he's had where. With Tyler Boyd, it's, it's been a little bit harder um, to kind of do that. And, yeah, you're right about the time difference makes it – that can be a huge hurdle as well. Um, so when he announced his switch to the United States, I think it was announced at maybe midnight or 1 a.m. here in New Zealand. Um, but a colleague of mine just happened to be awake and was at his computer and was able to, to quickly put a story up saying that Tyler Boyd is – made his decision and he's going to be playing for the United States. So um, sometimes games can be on early in the morning um, and you can catch them. Um, you know, when he scored a few, um, you know, of his, his best goals, um, often we kind of do stories on that. Um, you know, they're kind of the ones that um, are easy to follow because if he scores a spectacular goal, you know, someone will share it on Twitter and it quickly, mm-hmm. you know, you find a way to, 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 to see it eventually. Um so yeah, it's going to be interesting to see um, now. Like um, I actually have, I, you know, I, when he made his uh, first appearance for the go- in the Gold Cup and scored um, two goals, um, an American journalist actually sent through some audio um, from the mix zone after after chatting to Tyler. So we were kind of able to use that and and, um, and do a story, but we haven't actually had a chance to talk to to Tyler, which I'm hoping we will. Um, in the future, I'm, I'm hoping in the next few months when he's settled in, if we put an interview request in, um, <laughs> you know, that he is actually keen to keen to talk about it now. Now that the move's been made. Yeah, yeah, I've tried to to get uh, to get Tyler uh, for for the podcast, but unfortunately, was uh, yeah in the middle first first my first attempt was the start of the Gold Cup, so that was poorly timed, and then uh, I, I made another attempt like a couple of days ago, but. Uh, 
yeah, his agent was very apologetic, but unfortunately, you know, he's moved to a, to a big club now, and I can tell you from experience, it's it's difficult to get interviews, to get anything from from players from from a club like Besiktas, just because, um, yeah, they're 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 kind of being. Uh, protected like rock stars almost. I think it'll be much easier for you guys, of course, to get an interview. But unfortunately for for us, uh, for the Black Eagles podcast, it wasn't possible. <laughs> but uh, maybe in the future, um, I'm keeping my fingers crossed. Yeah, no, that's good. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll see. Because yeah, it is a shame because that's that's part of the reason why it's probably hard for people to follow him is because you know they don't really hear from him in New Zealand. They don't see interviews, and they they kind of you know maybe. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's hard to follow and they, they feel like he's made his move to the United States and, and that's kind of it. But, I mean, I guess from a journalist's point of view, it, it's not for a lack of trying. You know, we have tried to, to chat to Tyler Boyd. Like, I, I don't... Um, I can definitely see why he made the decision to switch to the United States. So, um, you know, like, I... <laughs> I don't think there's any kind of resentment or anything like that. It's just interesting to actually talk to him about it and, and why he decided to do it. But um, I guess if... He sees it as a New Zealand journalist. He he thinks people are maybe going to ask tough questions about it or something like that. I'm not too sure. Yeah, I mean, I think if if you if you're just honest about it, and I mean, if he just says, "Look, I I want to get the most of my out of my international career. I want to play World Cups. I want to play more tournaments." I don't think uh, most people. I don't think most people will will you know uh, judge him for that. I mean, I think it it shows uh, a lot of desire and uh, a willing you know just a desire of making the most out of his career and I think it's something that should be admired rather than uh, dismissed so uh, yeah I, I don't I think he's I understand where he's coming from but now that the decision is made hopefully he'll uh, give some interviews and, and maybe the people in New Zealand will start following Besiktas because uh, we have some fantastic shirts you know <laughs> oh yeah no I totally agree I was actually thinking myself I should get one with Boyd on the back it would be uh yeah, I don't know. Maybe a United States board shirt might be a bit. Uh, people might no, 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 no. Agree no, with wearing that one in New Zealand, but no. a Besiktas one would be uh, would be great. I reckon. Yeah, yeah different like the kit for sure. Just let me know, and I'll uh, see if I can hook you up. <laughs> thank you very much, Philip, for joining us, and once again, thank you for uh, putting us in contact with uh, both Declan and with Ricky Herbert. Uh, it was, was great uh, talking to them, and it was great talking to you. And uh, we'll stay in touch, and um, let's see, let's search base maybe in a, in a couple of weeks, couple of months, see how Tyler's doing, and uh, we'll definitely speak again. Yeah, no worries. Thanks for uh, having me on, and, and hopefully when he's uh, starring for Besiktas, people remember that uh, he's a footballer born in New Zealand, and uh, and forget the fact that he's uh, playing for the United States. <laughs> Once a Kiwi, always a Kiwi, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, those were three very interesting conversations with three very... Uh, informed well-informed people Declan Edge of course having coached Tyler Boyd for the longest period of any coach seven years at uh, at a very young grassroots level uh, from between the tender ages of 10 and 17 and of course Ricky Herbert who who gave uh, Tyler Boyd the opportunity to make his professional debut and then finally Philip Rollo who uh, covered Tyler's uh, career and then followed the Wellington follows the Wellington feelings very closely of course so I hope you enjoyed this episode please do not forget forget to subscribe on iTunes or on uh, wherever you uh, may listen to your podcast and drop us uh, a five-star review of course and feel free to follow 
uh, us on Twitter at Eagles underscore podcast. You can also follow my usual co-host Sinan at Sir underscore writes underscore a lot. And myself, of course, come by as it at Rosarian, R-A-Z-Z-E-R. IAM. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Bobo, 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 Besiktas International hopes you enjoyed this program.